2: The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging.
0: The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children.
3: If you think something isn't right, speak up. Because too many times people just turn their back on things. And I understand, like, you don't want to get involved. You don't want to sort of bring whatever's happening into your home. But if you can see it, then make that phone call. If it's going to make a difference, make that damn phone call. You know, I've been guilty of it myself and and sat and gone, should I or shouldn't I, should I or shouldn't I? What if nothing's happening? you know, and nothing's really going on. But what if it is?
0: Today, the devastating impact of violent crime from a viewpoint we don't often get to hear about, the family of the offender.
4: This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to find out how people become killers, how people become victims and what happens next.
0: Two extended families have paid a very heavy price for turning a blind eye to the dysfunction of one household. We begin by finding out why this lady contacted us and wanted to tell her story. It's just impacts on not just the offender, but the whole
3: family. One of my children, her dad, when she was growing up, had been quite violent. She'd seen a lot of domestic violence and, I believe... This could be a reason why things have come to the way they
0: have. So, at, at some point, did you move away from their dad?
3: Yes. She would have been about six. So, she was still really young. And looking back now, I can see that it would be really, really hard for, for children being separated from their other parent. We feel we're protecting the child. We think it's it's useful at the time but not so much now that i've done done some courses things never seemed to sort of settle with her her siblings sort of bullied her a little bit because she looked like her dad school wasn't great for her she never really made a heap of friends and she always felt like she was a loner until she was probably about 13, 14, and fell into a group of friends. Not naughty, naughty, but something I would have discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was a friend of this group that introduced my daughter to the person that she ended up with.
0: And do you think at that stage she would have sort of embraced anyone who embraced her?
3: Yes. Well, he was he was nearly 10 years older than her. She ended up running away when she was 15, ended up in Sydney with him and his mum. i obviously made a police report as a missing child and the police got her and said to me, look, because of the people she's with, we're classing her as, as a child at risk. They took her and they took her to Bankstown Police Station. So we drove down in the middle of the night because we got the phone call pretty late. We retrieved her and we bought a home. I was very anxious about having her home and I was with her 24-7. I slept with her. She came to work with me and she was just with me 24-7. You know, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yep, I I promised mum, you know. yeah. (laughs) I'd taken her, she had a mobile phone at the time and I'd taken that away from her and she's, she's like, oh, is it all right if, if I can just have my phone back? I think that was probably the biggest mistake that I made because I gave her her mobile phone back and then the next morning I got up and she was gone. I went to the police station and I said to them, well, my daughter's run away again. And they're like, well, you know, we could track her down again and we could find her and we could bring her home and she'll run away again and we could keep going on like this. I thought, well, it's true. This, this is probably what she's going to do because she really wants to be with this person. She was 16 when she fell pregnant with her first child. It was very difficult um like she'd come to visit me and the minute she would get here he would ring Mm. and say I need you to come home and she's like I've only just gotten to mum's and he's like no you've been there for hours you need to come home now he'd yell at her and the littler you know you need to come and get me something to eat and she'd go I've got to go mum I'm like yeah okay that's fine it's not a problem don't worry about it babe it's all good And I'd think, oh, God, what's she she getting herself into? And what was she getting herself into? She had another three children. She actually had two in one year.
0: Blimey.
3: I lost contact with her in
0: 2011. It was at Christmas. Oh, that's awful. How many grandkids did you have by then? Two, and she was pregnant with the third. Oh, it's obviously heartbreaking. We went over... for Christmas to give the kids Christmas
3: presents and she wasn't home I'm like oh where is she and he went oh she's gone down to the supermarket in my brain Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's Christmas day you are so lying to me he's sort of laughing she was due to have this baby on the 29th of December so she was like super pregnant I just said to him oh look is it all right if I go in and and see the kids, and he's like, yeah, yeah, they're just in there. I said, hi, guys, we've got some Christmas presents. Happy Christmas. And I went, oh, where's mummy? And she goes, oh, daddy had a fight with mummy and he kicked her out. That pregnant? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she went back, unbeknownst to me. I made a decision that day, and we've talked about this, and it's very ironic because she goes, you know, Sorry, Mum, it was my fault. I stopped talking to you. And I said, oh, well, actually, I'd made that same decision because I sort of drew that line in the sand and I went, I can't do this anymore. So we lost contact after that. And it wasn't till 2013 my eldest child was at home and he received a phone call from her partner's cousin and he said, have you heard from your sister? And I immediately went, oh, my God, is she dead? I could feel just everything inside me just going, oh, my God, he's killed her. I was just waiting for that phone call basically. And he's like, stop, just just wait. And um, he got off the phone and he's like, her partner's gone missing. And I went, what? He's gone missing. Mm. And he's gone, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? He turned around and said to me, the cousin had said to him, he goes, we think your daughter's done it. Done what? Murdered him.
0: Coming up on Australian True Crime, our guest is reunited with her daughter and grandchildren. Before the break, we reached the moment in her story when she received a shocking phone call. She'd been living for years with the terrible fear that one day she'd be informed that her son-in-law had seriously assaulted or even killed her daughter. But that's not what the caller was saying. The caller was saying that her son-in-law was missing and his family had reason to believe her daughter may have killed him. I hopped on Facebook and sent her a couple of messages and I said,
3: look... Um, I've heard what's going on, ring me, there's no bad blood, you're my daughter, I love you, and she ended up ringing me and I was
0: like, okay, this is great, good. She said that he'd gone missing. Did you ask her? Did you straight out say, have you done away with him? No, I don't recall saying
4: that. Mm. Did you have an instinct about what was happening at the time? Did you have a feeling about whether she knew more than she was letting on? To be honest, no, I didn't.
0: I was just so confused and just so like, oh, my God, I just don't know what to think. When did you first find out that police were interested in your daughter? It wasn't until my eldest child and I got home. So you drove there to support
3: her? Yeah, so we were there for a few days we're in a motel and because she'd said to us, oh, you know, do you want to come around later on and you can see the kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'd just spoken to him and I said, I, I just don't think I can do this. How do you feel about going back around, you know, there's her, you and me and his whole family. Jesus, yeah. There'd been a few comments made to my eldest son about, oh, it's all right, we'll get her, don't you worry about that and things oh. like that. We both agreed not to go back around there. I sent her a text message. I said, oh, look, sweetie, I don't think we'll come around. Is that okay? And I didn't get a reply. And I'm like, oh, great. Mm. You know, we've come all this way and now she's going to be upset at me because we're not going back around. And I'm like, sweetie, please don't be upset at me. I just, you know, I just feel it's best that we don't come around. No response. Sent another message. No response. Spoke to my eldest child and I said, how do you feel about this? How about we leave? He's like, yep, no worries. I think think that's a good plan. So we left. I just felt so gutted and drained and we got home and we walked in the door and got the phone call. She'd been taken into custody.
0: Oh God, is that why she wasn't replying?
3: Yep. She was having an affair with an older man. He was 52 he was also arrested around the same time. There'd been text
4: messages to and fro. Did you say your daughter was pregnant again? She was only just okay. pregnant. but at Child number five.
3: She <laughs> thought it was
0: the other person's, but it wasn't. It was her partner's, mm-hmm. the missing man's. Did she speak up in her interview? Not initially. How did they figure out what had happened? Did they find remains?
3: No, he still hasn't been found. He's still a missing person. Oh, dear.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Your daughter was convicted in relation to this crime? Manslaughter. Convicted of manslaughter for her part in the disappearance of this man? Yes. Presumed murder? Yes. And are you raising her children? No,
3: we have one. Yeah, we have the one that she was pregnant with. The family has said we're, we're dangerous. It's horrible because I miss them every day. Of course. I did go and see a solicitor and try and get some sort of access mm. and it just became financially draining. I, I don't want to put a price on how much I care about my grandchildren. You know, I, I want to do everything I possibly can so I can see them but we just don't have the resources. And we work, so we don't get legal aid. We're not eligible for legal aid. You know, I ran up, I think it was about a fifteen thousand dollar bill and not even getting any information. Yeah.
0: What sort of sentence did your daughter receive? Five years. So it's reasonable to think that you will gain some access through her, is it? No. She's not allowed to have any any contact with them. When she's released? Yep.
3: She's not allowed to.
4: You've got Custody or care of your daughter's youngest child with her partner Mm -hmm. who is deceased. Mm -hmm. Why are you allowed that but not access to the other kids? Uh, uh, Good question.
3: Good question because it was deemed okay where I am.
4: Did you say that one of your grandchildren had seen a particular video about this crime? Yes. So, what, what, and I feel like that prompted you to get in touch. So, can you tell us a bit about that?
3: she saw it and she's basically like you don't you don't know what went on and people were sort of attacking her online
4: and she's like well i'm this is who i am and i know so she was sticking up for her mother
0: yeah okay she, she made a comment on the video did she she did make a comment oh, on it poor little oh, darling oh. yeah god that's heartbreaking isn't it is
4: she a teenager Oh, that must have been really tough to see that stuff online and wanting to set the record straight.
3: And, like, for them to to have to go to school and hear about it.
4: What do you want people to think about, I guess, when they're consuming, listening, watching true crime content?
3: I'd like people to think about what state of mind someone must be in. I'd like people to think about not sitting there going, people pull the mental health card so they get a lesser sentence like I listen to you to your podcast and I've listened to different ones where you've spoken to people similar to myself and where you've spoken to the police officers and I hear a, a very similar thing all the time about how mental health has played a large part on how people get to where they are.
0: Thank you to our very generous guest, who shall remain nameless. And thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week.
2: This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
4: and 365 day returns.
0: As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you update for brisbane australian true crime fans brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show